amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Blog Talk Radio. Feel that chill, smell that fresh cut grass. I'm back in my helmet, cleats, and shoulder pads. Standing in the huddle, listening to the call. Fans going crazy for the boys of fall. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the fifth quarter with Coach Johnson. Dave Johnson, glad to have you with me tonight. Uh, we got some good things to talk about. We might just have a special guest or two call in here in a little while. Um, we're about to resume back playing football here in the USWFL. <clears throat> the uh, holidays, I guess you want to call the holidays, are about, I'm not even going to say about over, but close to being over with Eastern Mother's Day and all that, so we're about to get going for about three or four weeks in a row here in this league, so it ain't too far from uh, getting hot and uh, getting uh, getting the fields heated up good and being ready to go, so we're, we're excited about that. <clears throat> I know the uh, uh, Hampton Rose Lady Gators are traveling to Charleston, West Virginia, to play the West Virginia Wildfire. Tri-City Thunder is traveling to uh, Fayetteville, North Carolina, take on the Fayetteville Fierce. And uh, I have to check to see who's playing in Division Two. I'm not quite sure about that. Uh, both, uh, I know the Gators and the uh, Thunder both are undefeated. Uh, both have the same record, so should be an interesting race from here to the end to see who uh, who's going to wind up being the number one seed and uh, we can find out um, how that's going to shape up for the playoffs. So uh, there's a lot of uh, a lot of football to be played, that's for sure. Uh, still a lot for everybody that's involved, not just for the teams I'm talking about, but for all the uh, – for all the teams, you know, even in the other leagues. <clears throat> matter of fact, the other leagues <clears throat> even played this past weekend. And uh, we watched watched a little bit of the Atlanta Phoenix and the um, Alabama Fire play in the, uh, in the, what is it, WNFC, I guess is what it's called. Uh, we watched a few highlights from the, 
from the hippies that you talk about and visit to them. And, uh, you know, which brings me to a, a, a good point here that I want to talk about. <clears throat> I'm not sure. If, you know, I heard some talk about uh, the Burmy guy and some, some of the people in the WNFC going at it, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, everybody's got their own own opinion about a lot of things, and I, I get it. One thing I'll tell you that, that is definitely not helping any of us at all in the sport of women's football, and that is these announcers, man, are getting way, way, way too one-sided. I understand you have a home team playing, you have a home team announcer, that's fine. But the way these guys are bashing these other teams and talking about these other teams and making fun of these other teams and condoning when fights and this and that start, uh, you know what, that, that's just crazy. And I've seen some of the some of the little posts on the, as we're watching that uh, hippies and Falcons game, you know, and, and one person, you know, it even said in there, you know, this is, you know, ridiculous, un, unprofessional, and un, unsportsmanlike. And that person, she was exactly right. I mean, I, I trust me, I understand your hometown announcer getting excited when when your team does good. And I can understand them, you know, not getting so excited about the other team. But this is so much one-sided crap of, I mean, of just disrespecting them in any kind of way and calling them a different name than what their team name is. And they come down there and beat you like a drum. Uh, so that's bad. But it's happening not just in that league. It happens in our league. It happens in every league. Uh, you know, I, I, I firmly believe that that's uh, a tribute to the, uh, uh, you know, some of these teams. There's just so many of these smaller teams are forfeiting every single week, you know. Just think of this. Two years ago, the the uh, Arkansas Wildcats won the Division Three title in the WFA. Played for it last year and got beat. Same two teams played again last year, and they won it year before last. Played for it this past year. They've already thrown in the towel this year. Their season, they're done. They quit. They're through. Already, that, that's just. Insane! I just can't believe that. And you know, you get these smaller teams come to some of these bigger, uh, bigger teams to play, and the last thing you uh, want to do is try to run them off. You know, you want to you get this home crowd there. You want to try to keep them around as long as you possibly can. I'm not saying you got to try to not play to win or not try to win the game or anything like that. But, I mean, you know, you want to make them feel hospitality as much as possible, hospitable, I guess would be the correct word, and, you know, make them, you know, want to stay with everything. I mean, they already come shorthanded. They, uh, they're they already under, under uh woman, undergirl, whatever you want to call it. It's under man, what I would call it, but being the women. You know, so there's things you can do, you know, to try to help that out. And I can tell you this. We've, we've had several announcers uh, 
we have a really good announcer now, and uh, his name is Kevin Gregory, and he does a phenomenal job. Yeah, he gets excited when our players do something. But I'll promise you, I'll promise you, I would not put up one minute some of this crap that goes on at these other games. Not one minute would I put up with that. People don't want to hear that. If you want to hear that stuff, you need to move on to a different sport because I just don't believe that people want to hear that stuff. I, I just can't believe And it showed to me, I mean, this looked like, I don't know who these people were posting on this uh, uh, hippies and Falcons game, but they they weren't taking it lightly. I don't know who it was. They were, you know, both teams were wearing white, which, you know, is another thing. I mean, that, that's sort of, I don't know how the rest could even, you know, how the players could even. I know one Falcons was wearing blue pants, but, you know, there's just so much of this stuff we can control that we're not controlling. Now, I firmly believe it doesn't fall on to anybody but the owners. That's where the owners have to go up there and say, hey, listen here, we've got to tone it down. We've got to fix it. We've got to do this. We've got to do that. I understand you having home field. You want that announcer getting it with the crowd, and I get all that. But this disrespect another team, I'm not for at all. And uh, so we'll we'll see how a lot of it plays out. I know, like I said, it happens in every league. We've been a, a part of it, you know. Uh, when we've been on the road, I've seen it, uh, you know, throughout this year from other leagues, from our own league. And uh, it, to me, it's, it's just um, disrespectful. And, uh, you know, it's something that these owners – you know, need to take pride in uh, being a, you know, if you've got a good team, uh, have a good organization to go with it. You know, be proud. I understand wanting to be good. Hey, you're, you're already good. you got a good record. Don't diminish that by by belittling yourself. <coughs> also, the uh, Washington Prodigy uh, goes to the DMV night, so that's the, that's the matchups for uh, – for this, for this week, I, I'm going to read. I haven't really read or, or talked about these uh, uh, players of the week this year much um, in the in our league. But in week one, it was Jamie McKay from the Thunder. She had eight carries, 86 yards, five touchdowns. Then uh, it was on offense and on defense. It was Tuffy Howard. From the Keystone Assault, she had eight tackles. Then uh, in week two, it was uh, Crystal Williams from the Prodigy. She had uh, she was a lineman. I did talk talk about her a little bit. She was a lineman. They said had four TDs in her gap, six second level blocks, and picked up some key uh, blocks for first downs. Uh, that was on offense. Uh, defense, it was. Uh, Tiffany Matthews, the prodigy, she had six tackles, one for a loss, and one sack. That was in week two. Week three, we had uh, two uh, two offensive, no no defense uh, sent in, I guess. And uh, one was, I guess they both tied for the votes. That's why they did that. Um, 
One was Rachel Fisher from the uh, Keystone Assault. She had she was 13 to 17, 165 yards, three touchdowns, four rushes, 14 yards. Caitlin Cox from the Thunder had a one rush for 75 yards, <clears throat> a TD, a punt return for a TD, two catches for 48 yards, and a receiving touchdown, the two point conversion. So uh, that was week three. Week four, we had. Uh, Jamie McKay, again, from the Thunder. She was six carries, 79 yards, three touchdowns. <clears throat> Defense, it was Junior Gendelsperger from the Thunder. She had nine and a half uh, tackles. Four of them was four and a half for loss, five sacks, one forced fumble, one fumble recovery. Uh, that was week four and uh, week five. We had uh, Hamlin Girl, I'm not sure how to spell that first name. Uh, she had six carries, 79 yards, and three touchdowns. She was offensive, and uh, defensive was Angie Patton. She had eight tackles and uh, one tackle for a loss. So, so, huh? She had six carries. Six carries for 79 yards and three touchdowns. The Hamlin girl, yeah. Uh, so that, that's that's getting the job done right there as well. Uh, you know, a lot of some of these people don't care enough about their players to to send in these stats, and and uh, you know it it may not be important. I mean, I, like right here, one of these games. Um, well, the week one. The defensive player, their team lost, but she had a good game, and she was still voted in there. So just because your team loses, if you have a good, uh, you know, if your if your team has a uh, a good performance, you know, you need to send it in so these coaches and uh, owners and stuff can vote on it, so these girls can be recognized. Because you know, it's it's not just about. I mean, it it is about wins and losses, but I mean, listen. Sometimes you just you're stuck on a bad team and are not as good a team as you'd like or, or as good as everybody else and you do everything you can. Um, it's nice to be recognized when when you do something good. So um you know, it's it's really um it's really unfair to the players that, you know, we don't get these stats in here. I know last year some of these teams didn't nominate their players and and I heard about the games and went and watched the film and, and nominated them myself just because they had unbelievable performances, even though they might not have won the game. And, you know, I, I just want to try to get these these girls the recognition uh, that they deserve. I know some of these girls are rookies. Some of them are having, you know, breakout years that they've uh, played for several years and never had – had these kind of games, so it's uh, you know it's just fair being fair to them. So uh, congratulations to all those. We usually uh, put together some kind of nice little award <clears throat> end of the year for the awards banquet. So uh, we try to keep up to them. I, I usually try to get some of them on the show. I did have Jamie on uh, one night. Um, 
a lot of these girls work, you know, at nights or they practice and they don't get off the time to uh, uh, to talk. But I'll, uh, I'll for sure next week get a couple of the Thunder girls lined up to lined up to talk. Uh, I know they, they, a couple of them might not like to, but they usually come on and say a few words and, you know, maybe we can... Uh, Maybe we can even extend it, have them on, and, and let some of their teammates call and, and ask them some questions and stuff, make them, make them do a little bit of talking. So uh, see how that goes. <clears throat> also, it was brought to my attention today that there's uh, going to be a new women's uh, football league, association league coming on, and they're going to have like 32 teams, sort of like the NFL, I guess. And... Uh, you know they're gonna. I don't. I don't understand the concept yet. They didn't release a whole lot of information on it, but uh, they're gonna. They're they're trying to get something done. They've already named all 32 teams. They're gonna separate them in the east and the west, and uh, says they're gonna have a draft and all. But like I say, we haven't heard a whole lot about it. Uh, we can't get anybody to. Tell us much that's going on uh, right just right at this moment. I'm just sort of interested in you know how they um, how they're going to fund all this and where they're going to play and that's a lot of that's a lot of teams and uh, a lot of travel and you play a lot of games in a row like what we see they're going to play. That's going to be a lot of travel for these uh, all these girls to play all these games. So. Um, I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens. Maybe in the next coming weeks or so, maybe we'll find out some more information and talk about that. Another thing I wanted to talk about is, is uh, you know, I did get to watch. Me and Jennifer went on, a, I guess, like a mini vacation to sort of the Gatlinburg area, towns of Tennessee, and went and uh, spent the weekend and rode through a place called Cave Cove and Looked at a lot of animals and uh, wild animals. We did see over three-day period, seen 11 bears and uh, several deer, all kinds of turkey. Uh, but we rented a nice little cabin up there. And it rained, poured down one day, and we we were stuck inside and we watched uh, some of the NBA finals. I haven't watched the NBA game really all year. I know we talked a little bit about it off and on, but uh, you know, I I go back to, you know, talk about these old players and Larry Bird and Magic Johnson and all these guys and um, you know, everybody I listened when I was gone on the uh, before me and Jennifer went down there, everybody was talking about Kevin Durant getting hurt, you know, and he's been since he's been to Golden State, he's been their best player. Uh, and uh, he's averaging like 35 through the playoffs, you know, and all of a sudden, you know, and, and listen, that don't mean they're going to win it from here on out. My point is, you know, everybody's dogging, uh, you know, Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and this, that, and other. But what people don't understand, this is what I, I, I told Jennifer, you know, and everybody pretty much just assumed that Houston – was going to win the game at Houston and then go back to Golden State, and they thought Golden State would win at seven. 
But what I just don't know, here's what everybody keeps saying, is I don't know how you're going to, you know, fill in for a guy that's scoring 35. On a normal team, when that best player goes down, you're in a bad situation. But just think of this, folks. How many did they win before he got there? I know their depth is not near as uh, deep in their team as they were, but before Durant got there, how many did they win? I'm not sure, but they did win at least one. So what I'm saying is, is those guys, uh, Steph Curry, uh, Clay Thompson, the green guy, I am not uh, don't like him much, but he, they, all those guys have sort of taken a different role since Durant has been there. Durant don't play. Those guys rise their game right back up to where it was. They end up winning game six. You know, you go to um, you go to Toronto. We watched that game. You know, it comes down to what four seconds left in the game. Kawhi Leonard, you know, takes the ball, dribbles down the uh, baseline, and and throws up a shot. It bounces around the rim three or four times and and goes in. He's their best player. You know, he was a great player for San Antonio. Those kind of players, man, rise to the occasion. You know, that's, that's, I didn't, we didn't watch the whole game. We watched it off and on while we was watching something else, but we watched the end of that. We watched the end of the, uh, uh, I guess it was Denver and Portland game. And uh, Portland was on the road to, win that so you know these these great players just seem to find a way to to do amazing things and you know it's like Steph Curry whether you like him or not the guy can shoot it but his shots his his attempts have not been there as much his minutes have not been there as much since Durant came there well Durant's out, his attempts go up, his minutes go up. There he scores, I think. Jennifer told me maybe thirty five or in the second half or fourth quarter or something. You know. On the other hand, I heard of Tog and uh James Harden, you know. Listen, if he if he's ever gonna be if he's ever gonna be known as, as one of the best, he's got to take over win this game. He has got to take over and win this game. They go as far back on this one show I listened to. This guy said, I don't even know who he played for in college. They didn't say, but said he he did not even take a shot, is what they said. He did not, well, let me rephrase it. He didn't score a bucket, score a point. In their uh, NCAA appearance when he played in college, and they lost. You know, the other night, in game five, Kevin Durant gets hurt, and I didn't get to see the game. They said with 40-some seconds, they're down by seven or eight, he's walking the ball up. He wasn't even trying to score. So uh, they, these people, you know, some some people just relish that moment, want, want the ball, end of the game, you know, uh, want to take that shot, make it or take look, miss it. They want the ball, and some people just can't can't do it or don't want to do it, you know, or or, or I, I'm not saying they don't want to do it. Maybe they're just a, 
you know, maybe they just can't forget it. You know, maybe that um, letdown is too much for them to to take. You know, and you know that's the one thing that that I loved about Michael Jordan and Magic and Kobe and and uh, uh, Larry Bird and those guys. Hey, it, there's no doubt who's going to shoot the ball at the end of the game. It's just where. And you know what? When they made it, it was great. When they missed it, it was, well, well we, we live to play another game. And, you know, that was that was back then. You know, nowadays we just don't hear that much about it. But I just thought it was, you know, sort of odd as you got two, team, two teams playing each other. One player is supposed to be, you know, maybe the MVP of the league. Yet he's passing the ball when it comes down. He needs to be shooting. The other guy's a former MVP that they sort of, I ain't going to say rode off, but sort of, you know, pushed him to the wayside because another guy comes into town that's better all around. But what happens then? When Steph Curry, need, you know, he had a bad game there, one game. I heard him say, what's wrong with him? And, you know, and blah, 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 blah. Well, the next two games he turns it on. That's just the way it is, and and that's just it happens in every single sport. Every single sport, there's there's players like that. I can't explain it. I don't know. You know, um, it happens in, in women's football. It happens in men's football. It happens in every sport. And I, I believe it's just some cannot stand. You know, that can't take the disappointment or or the don't know how to deal with it as much as as the other guys did. Um, so, anyway, that's just my sort of thought on the NBA. Um, I haven't even got to watch this guy from Milwaukee play, the Greek guy they say so good. Uh, but they're going to play the Toronto Raptors. I know that uh, the uh, the sports writers was talking about the NBA wasn't liking it too much because two small market franchises we're playing in the East for the championship. So uh, I myself, I, I love it. I love to see stories like that, and uh, you know, wouldn't wouldn't bother me at all if it's Milwaukee won. As a matter of fact, I'd rather see Milwaukee win the East uh, as as the Toronto team. But uh, either one of them, I don't care. I, I, I'm you know, I like to small market deal. They just don't have near the opportunity these large markets do. I mean, look at L.A. and, and the things they they have an opportunity out there. Hey, I think we've got Bulldog Henderson on the line. Let's see what the, see what she has to say tonight. How you doing, Coach? Hey, what's going on? There's not much. How's everything? Oh, going good, going good. How about you? I'm doing good. Just working and getting ready. Had this uh, yep. this off week, this off week has probably kind of threw me off a little bit, but yeah, well, that's uh, that's one thing I hate about a lot of these holidays and stuff. And everybody, you know, that's the one that's the one thing that is really a killer in in women's football is so many people, well, first of all, at this point, let's say, they're not getting paid, it's not their job, 
and they have to work, so they don't get you can't have practice during the week very much because people work and most of these women have kids or whatever or single mom or whatnot. And then, you know, you have Mother's Day, you know, who who doesn't wanna uh you know, recognize their mom on Mother's Day and uh so, yeah, it, it throws you off, and I, I'm with you. It threw me off, too. I thought yesterday was uh, Sunday all day, so I, I'm with you. I'm I'm threw off as well. Yeah, and uh, like you said, uh, who doesn't want to spend Mother's Day, which I did. I did have a good Mother's Day, and uh, we do have mothers on our team that want to enjoy that day also just for them and their kids. So, I mean, I know everybody was appreciative of that day, of, of, of that week, but I hope everybody knows <laughs> it's about to get rough now. It's time to get back into it, which it definitely is. Yeah, we're on a, you know, we're getting ready to go play three games in a row, and uh, 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 play, uh, play three games in a row, and then we have a week off before, you know, we have our last game. Hey, Henderson, I'm going to let her put you back on hold just a second. We got uh, Rocky and uh, Amy calling in here, and I'll get right back with you, okay? All right, that's perfect. Hey, how are you girls? Hey, Coach, we're good. How are you? Doing good. Hey, uh, first of all, Amy, thanks for... Thanks for y'all taking the time to call in. I bet uh I bet Jamie didn't even know that uh in week one she was offensive player of the week in the USWFL. Also week four she was offensive player of the week in the USWFL. How about that? Really? That's awesome. She had no idea neither did I. Yeah, yeah, she she sure has too. Uh, her in uh, week four, she was offensive player of the week, and Junior was the defensive player of the week. That's awesome. Yep, yep, it is. Hey, Amy, I got you on here. I'm going to put you on the spot. Um, I know you, for the last two, well, last year and this year, you really helped us a lot and traveled and, and this, that, and other. But just from from really from the time you started, coming and helping us and all that. How, I know you're a smart person and all. How how much have you seen football and this team change in that short period of time? Honestly, um, and I've said it to multiple people already this year, this team this season is so fine-tuned and so in sync with each other um, that there's there's no doubt about it in my mind that it, you know, we're going to go all the way to the championship. Um, people and their ability to build relationships with each other on top of just being able to encourage each other during practice and watching the way that they really just feed off of each other during the game. You know, it, it's, it's a completely different team. It's grown to be something that's almost kind of like a well-oiled machine. Um, you know, mistakes happen, but I see people getting better instead of 
letting it beat themselves up, letting themselves beat themselves up over it. So honestly, the, the growth in the past two years has been just awesome to watch. Well, that's what, that's what we're after for sure. And, you know, um, I mean, I know you're there a lot and it's not really from a outsider's perspective, but from a non-player, you know, perspective and, uh, being to film and all that, and you see different things and uh, that nature. But, you know, that's that's what you're after. And, I, you know, I can't tell these girls enough. It's hard, and, and it's just like I was talking to Henderson there. Uh, it's hard when we're all pulled at different directions. You know, every single person or persons on this team, families that are on this team, you girls that have different parents and and all that and all these kind of ways that no more than we get to to get together to work on stuff you know it really it's really great and uh makes it really fun to to be a part of a team like this when you know when you can can get together and you can put all the um things aside and come together as one. That's absolutely right. So, you know, we had to we had the week off and I was telling Henderson there, you know, we're getting ready to get in the, the heat. I think it's supposed to be like ninety three on Saturday when we when game time starts. Uh, these next three weeks are gonna be uh gruesome, you know, because uh, 'cause we've played quite a week and had a week or two of not just us but a lot of teams, you know, some teams haven't even played on the road yet. You know, we've actually played, uh, if you count the Nashville game, we've played three games on the road, you know, and only one at home. And then here we're going right back on the road. So uh, playing the next two out of three uh, on the road is going to be, you know, something that's tough in its own right yeah, and if anything, though, I see. I think it'll build some resilience more than there already is. So. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm really excited about it. I mean, I'm, you know, I I like the time. I mean, we needed, uh, you know, we needed to practice and uh, give need time to sort of. It's funny, you know, a lot of people just want to jump in and play all these games and and stuff right away, but. Again, when when you don't get to practice as much, you know, I figured this up last year that when I was in high school, we had two-a-days for two weeks. We practiced more in two weeks than, than our whole team does before the first game. Now, just think of that. Just put that in, in perspective of how how much different it is for – for women's football to try to get out there and compete at the highest levels, try to learn all this stuff in this short period of time when you're just really, everything is so crammed in to so short, sort of a notice already that when when I was in high school, after two weeks practice, we'd put in more time than our team has before the first game. So that, that's unbelievable. Yeah, it's crazy. I know Henderson was just saying people have all this stuff going on all the time, and it's hard as an adult to to be 
an athlete when you still have to have a career and you've got a family and all that stuff too. So that's crazy. Hey, it really is. You know, it really is because, um, you know, all you hear is, well, I'm going to say all you hear, but, you know, you hear so much talk about this and that and blah, blah, blah. People are going to do this and people are going to do that. We just watch the hippies and the Utah Falcons play on some live feed and their announcer was just, like, going off. I mean, like, just crazy stuff, you know, calling another team by the wrong name on purpose and this, that, and other. And I'm thinking, listen, I know, trust me, I, I'm. everybody knows I want to win. I hate to lose more than I like to win. That's a lot. But honestly, for for most of these teams, and I'm not just talking about our team, but for most of these teams, to be able to put a team out there, I mean, we've played some teams that can't line up. But to put teams out there that can line up, that can really run plays, that can really play, that can really look good, it, that's a great accomplishment in itself with what we have to work with. You know, it's not like that we've been dealt a hand of everybody, hey, you just come to practice football every single day, you're going to make millions of dollars. You know, we got school teachers, we got doctors, we got business uh, uh, women, and just so on, social workers, and whatever we got, you know, school bus drivers. We got, we got them from everywhere. You know, truck drivers, work in the factories. You, you take all that, you know, into consideration, try to figure out a day or two to where all these people's schedules work to have practice, to gain that knowledge, to gain uh, being, being able to get on the same page. That That's just truly amazing. Yeah, I mean, and the ones that, that love the game and have the opportunity to even play, I mean, growing up, that's not an option. You know, when I grew up, there was boys football. That was it. So being able to see women go out and, you know, dominate the field and get physical, it's it's amazing. It's awesome. So I'm sure that they appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, you know, I, I wish um... – you know, we've actually um, they they we're we're playing now at Southern East. They had the uh, powder puff up there. Well, they've had it several years too. For some reason, they always bail out, and um, they say they don't. You know, I, I always say they probably can't get the right coach, and they say it gets too rough and that. So I told the press, well, I said, well, why not just pat them up? You know, why not let's Hey man, you talking about helping helping our team out? You know we're a small market. I mean we have more players this year than we've ever had. We're from a small area, and and a lot of those players are not even from this area. We could take a team right there. We could send some of these girls up there to coach them to help them get the knowledge. They've already got the equipment from the guys right there because all that all the equipment uh, in high school belongs to the high school. Those kids don't have to pay for any of that. So they've already got all the equipment, all they need. They got the field. They got all the tools. All they need is some coaching, you know, to get in there and help them do stuff. Um, I, I would love to see that happen for all of all of women. And in Utah, they actually do have that going on in Utah. 
uh, right now. And I would love to see it up there, even if they didn't get enough, but to, you know, um, to have another school to do the same thing. And they could play a couple games or three or four or something. you talking about helping these girls, giving the opportunity to play football versus women. I don't care who who they are, and you know as well as I know, and, and Jamie's as tough as they come and all that. You put those girls out there, as a rule, there might be an exception or two with these boys, and they're, and they're going to get hurt. I mean, it's just it's just that simple. Is they need to be playing against themselves and, instead of boys. And these schools already have the, everything they need besides the coach. And I'll guarantee you, some of us or, or some of our girls or whatever would volunteer to go help get something like that started. And to me, there's no reason it shouldn't be. Yeah, definitely. And, I mean, even just seeing the games, I hope that they're promoting the games at the school um, because just them seeing what they could aspire to be would probably motivate them to do that. Yeah, they they, uh, um, they now from what I've been told, they you know they they've been promoting it a lot up there, and uh, you know maybe maybe we'll see some of it. I'm just you know here's here's the thing, sort of like I look at it like this: if those kids by playing. A lot of them play sports. I mean, the girls will play volleyball and softball and basketball and run track, and I guess I may may do something else. I don't know. But once they do that and then they go to school, you know, playing on a team like ours is just like most of these girls, like y'all, go to a job, you work. You know, then when you come home, hey, I'm telling you, you got to love the sport to take and spend your extra time working out in the gym, coming to practice, wanting to be good. You you got to. And I've said it over and over and over to these to these girls that a lot of them have came <clears throat> to this team and left. I say, Hey, how much do you like football? Oh, I like it pretty good. Liking it pretty good don't cut it, you know. Liking it means giving up something that you really like because you love football. Sacrificing, that's what it takes. And most of those girls, by what ours would be, I'm not sure what you'd even call it, but coming to play for us would be like the last thing on the list. So if they had something in school where it was there for them to play, you know, as part of the school where they didn't have to, you know, they can figure it in just like is their volleyball or softball. Then I think they would get the opportunity to see, oh, man, I can go here and and play even while I'm in school. You know, I'm gaining knowledge. I get to play here and there. I just think it will be uh, to their benefit. It will be to every, everybody, every team around that had a high school women's team playing, it would be to all their benefits as well. It, you know what? Here's here's the thing, Amy. This takes a little effort from from people uh, within that organization in the school organization. 
because I guarantee you we're willing to just help them do whatever they need to do. Yeah, and I mean, if you look at, we talked about the average age of um, the women that play, 30, right? Is that what you said? It is. So imagine if these women have had the opportunity to play since they were in high school. It would be insane. I mean, it would be like basically having, you know, the the USWFL could be as big as the NFL eventually. You know, uh, I don't understand. Is like I say, you got. I mean, you take. You just think of this. I don't even know that if you know this. Last year we played Tennessee High. Do you know how close Tennessee High and where we're playing now, Sylvan East, are to each other? No. Okay. They're about six or seven miles is all that separates them. You believe that? If you, that's pretty yeah, close. That's really close. So you take um, every – I look at it like this. If every high school team can have a powder puff team, they can have a women's tackle team because – they all, every single one of them, have already have the equipment. They already got it. They're, I mean, the school owns it. No, nobody else but the school owns that equipment. It ain't like when the coach can say, "Oh well, we can't let you use it." The 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 foot the boys football coach have no say in it. It belongs to the school. You know, sure, I'm sure the county's not going to hire somebody extra to coach them. Well. Listen, there, we can we can put people in places <clears throat> to do that. Now, not every high school has a powder puff team, but I know Tennessee High does, or did. I know East did. I know South did, um, and maybe a few others. You got Andrea that uh, coaches at Central, which she was, you know, she played for this team uh, two years ago. She coaches at Central. Um, you uh, you know, junior coaches at, or teachers at Unicoi High. Um, there's just, I'm telling you, there's an opportunity there if we can just get a little bit of help from inside of these administrations to, you know, to say, hey, um, we're going to we're gonna give it a whirl. And you know what? Maybe you don't even have to have a, a, a big team. You could get 10 or 12 girls and play eight. You know, anything to help grow the sport, to help let these girls play football against one another where they don't have to go out there. I mean, listen, every I ain't going to say every single, but most people, their their daughters, say, man, I want to play football. I want to play football. Well, they let them play elementary. They'll usually let them play middle school. Hey, once you get out of middle school and high school, that stuff gets real. And at that point, they're saying, no, you ain't playing there because you ain't getting hurt. You know what I mean? So at that point, they they just plumb fall out, and that's the sport they want to play. So they have to fall back on something else. And to me, that's, you know, with with all the opportunities there is now for for them to play out here, and the schools having that equipment, and girls wanting to play, there's just no reason why we couldn't. Do that. That's exactly right. So 
So I know I know we're going to keep uh, uh, keep pushing for it. Maybe you know that's one thing. Um, uh, the principal, he you know he went to the game with us in Nashville uh, when we played down there, and uh, he's the one that's making this possible for us to play up there. And uh, me and him did have a little bit of conversation about it, and uh, he he sure didn't shut the door on it, but uh, naturally. You know, he'll have to go more in depth about it and find out more. But, uh, hey, I'm optimistic that, you know, we can get something going. And, and like I say, I guarantee most of the girls on our team would, would love to, to go help out in a situation like that when especially they know they're going to get to help girls uh, achieve their dreams and goals in school that they did. Plus, help them maybe uh, be uh, future teammates with them. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yep, sure would. Hey, well, I thank y'all for calling in tonight. Tell Rocky congratulations. I'll have her on the talk uh, maybe the same night I have Junebug on. I'm going to let them come on and maybe let the teammates come on and ask them some questions. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, she also said when you said it was going to be ninety three, she said that sounds hot. <laughs> uh, yeah, for somebody that's from Canada, that she's like the only person back during the winter when uh, everybody else was cold, but me, she's like the only one. Ah, this ain't too cold. So, yeah, it'll be it'll be pretty warm, but <clears throat> she don't sweat much anyway. So she drops down and gets shape and. Uh, but the rest of I think for real, I think it's going to be about 90 or 93, somewhere in there around, around game time. So uh, it's um, going to be hot for sure, but uh, I think we're ready for the ready for the challenge. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Hey, well, thank you all for calling in and taking the time and uh, call back any time, and uh, we'll talk some more later. All right. See you, Coach. Okay, thank you. All right, that was Amy Buto and Jamie McKay calling in to us tonight. Uh, I'm glad they got some time to call. Uh, Jamie, like I said, she's been player of the week a couple times this year. Um, so let's let's get Henderson back on here. Let's let her finish what we was talking about. Yes, sir. Hey, how about it now? Yeah, I didn't know. Uh, I didn't know Jamie had both of them weeks either. So congratulations to her and June. Yeah. And we then I just think that I was say, and I just seen that Kate. Uh, Kate had one too. So we is rocking. Yeah, we had Jamie week one, Caitlin week three, and Jamie and June bug. Uh, both week four, so. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Yep. So, they uh, it's been you know what it's been. Seniority right there too. That's just seniority people stepping up to the occasion. Well, you know what? Listen, there's, uh, you know, Caitlin. Caitlin has been around this surface year and you know, over all through the years she's made lots of plays to, you know, help us win games and 
<clears throat> put up a lot of stats. And, um, you know, last year, of course, she wasn't a member of this team, but last year she sort of got banged up and got hurt. And uh, we had to change her offense some. And a few things happened. And, uh, you know, she wasn't near as, near as a dynamic player last year as she has been this year. Uh, and Junior, since she's been here, she's just been like a, you know, her motor runs all the time, you know. Uh, even when we're at practice, you know, up there in the gym the other day, she was, you know, on her knees trying to make plays. But I'm going to tell you something. This is Jamie's third year, and she has gotten better every single year. But this year, she's in better shape than anybody on the team. She She's um, she's just a plum different player than she has been in the past, you know. And, uh, I know that, you know, she's taking a different outlook. Uh, you know, Amy has, in the last year or two, has moved from over here from, from North Carolina, and uh, I think they're in a big workout plan every single day uh, before uh, before they go to work, and uh, that's really helped her. But she she has, and she's healthy, you know, and, and a lot of that, see, a lot of that to me comes hand in hand. You, you know, you're you're in good shape. You you don't get near the injury stuff. So she's really lit it up this year versus the last two years. I mean, what I have witnessed so, uh, this far, uh, she has really uh, shown out. Like I said, even the game when she scored all them touchdowns, I want to say it was about five touchdowns in one game. I didn't even know. I mean, I'm, of course, I'm just doing my blocking assignment, but I think I was coming off the field and somebody said, that's Jamie fifth one. And, like, my, my I mean, I floored it. I said, what? I couldn't believe it. I mean, she goes in there so swift. And like you said, just being healthy and uh, – being active like she is running marathons is uh, definitely uh, has came alive this year. From like I said, from what I've seen. Well, you wait and see. On Saturday, uh, it's supposed to be really, really hot, and uh, I'll bet you, you 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 pay attention to her, and she won't be breathing harder. Sweating near as near as much as everybody else. I I watch that kind of stuff, and um, it's it's really paid off. I know. Just just think of this. Not listen. There's there's been, and I will say the same thing about the Gators girl here in just a second. But in in week one, she had eight carries. Five of those carries she scored on. Um, in week four, she had six carries, and three of those she scored on. Uh, in week five, the Gators girl, she had six carries, and she scored on three of them. Listen, when you're when you're scoring, you know, almost fifty percent of the time you touch the ball. I don't care who you play for, I don't care who you play, I don't care where you play at, what level, or anything else. That's unbelievable, and I I'm telling you, I don't care who it is that's that's playing. That's just an um, unbelievable stat, um, you know. And there's several. Um, like I said, there's, there's. It's not just. It's not just them, you know. It's other girls too. Hey, in week two, did you hear that an offensive lineman 
was offensive player of the week. Did you get to hear that? Yeah, I did see that. I think they said she had a couple of good blocks to get a couple of score possessions on her side. And I want to say she had a, a – I want to say that was it, woman. It was a couple of good plays, and I want to say she got – She had four touchdowns that were scored in her gap. She had six second-level blocks to pick up key first downs. Mm-hmm. That's good, but – you know, to me, not just not just that. I mean, that's that's a good game. Don't get me wrong, but for for the people to be able to recognize that and to be able to vote an offensive lineman in there as, as player of the week is is pretty pretty amazing to me. That you know, because listen, I played the line and and the line really, you know, does not get near enough recognition for. The, for the job they do, because I'm gonna tell you something. When, when the quarterback gets hit, first thing I'm hollering is, "Who missed the block?" You know. When a running back gets hit in the backfield, you know, first thing I'm hollering is, "Who missed? Who missed the block?" You know. Never to mind that it might have been a blitzer or whatever. They have a tough job, and they never get any the respect they deserve. I'll put it that way. You know, because it's a Football is a quarterback, running back, wide receiver driven league, you know, and, and they that's the way it's always been. I mean, it's always been that way from from the time I can remember is those three positions, they make the most money in the NFL, you know. And so just to be able to see a lineman, an offensive lineman win uh Player of the week uh, is is just pretty amazing to me, and I don't care who they play for. That's that's an unbelievable stat. Uh, it definitely is, and I and I challenge anybody who thinks it isn't a good stat to try to put up them stats because that shows a lot of work that she's working, getting in and holding good blocks, so she got a lot of strength going down there, and also uh, for her, she's running with her her running back or fullback. She's running with them, getting them secondary blocks and just helping out. Uh, I didn't know how uh, – I guess I didn't know the, the importance of the offensive line until I actually started playing it. Uh, I remember uh, after tryouts, because uh, we wrote down, like, our information and what position we were looking for and everything and stuff like that. And that's when uh, I want to say Coach Wallace and Jennifer walked up to me and said something to me about the offensive line. And like I told them, I came to play football, so if that's where y'all need me, that's where I'm going to be at. And uh, since then, just the work uh, we've been putting in with Jennifer and being in games and looking at the different – like you say, you don't even know if it's a blitz coming, and sometimes you and the quarterback is in uh, in sequel, so you can't just move like you want to. Uh, it, it's definitely a lot of hard work down there, and, uh, not just physical but mental too, because you got to strategize. Hey, do you know who the smartest people besides the quarterback are in the NFL? It has to be no. a line. The offensive line. They are the smartest 
guys, I'm telling you, if you would look at their GPAs, I guarantee it, the offensive linemen lead the NFL in GPAs in college. So those guys are smart. Hey, there's a lot to it. I mean, that's the thing is understanding what you have to do to to make this happen. And that's what's so amazing when I, I keep getting that paper and looking at that girl's stats. Her understanding of the game, not just that, hey, they're running the ball right here, okay, but, you know, understanding that, oh, I can just chip on this girl. I can go to the second level. We're going to get deep in there and get deep yards. Or, you know, maybe this girl moves over and I can't slide off. We really just have to drive her off the ball. But we still get our job done. That's that's what I'm saying. Or maybe, hey, there's an outside threat right here. There's, this girl's no threat to the inside that I can just step right here and help on the outside. Ball's coming behind me. Um, you know, that kind of stuff is, is just stuff that you learn through playing, through lots of repetition, through seeing it a lot. And that's that's what I say for for that to happen. And of course, she plays for the prodigy, so you know they they um, they got a good coach, and and they really work at it. And you know they're real disciplined. They don't. There's no BS going on. And and uh, so I'm sure her understanding of of what is going on. You know they return a lot of players each year. So I, I would say her understanding uh, and her her football IQ is probably off the charts. Um, that's the one thing that, you know, as far as us as a team, when I look back at all the teams we've had, of course we only have two players left from the original team. But our biggest concern every single year has been new linemen because we always, you never retain the same lineman. So you're never getting that same person coming back to build on what they learned the year before. I'm hoping, you know, that this year is so much different. Uh, but that really makes a difference. And I'm telling you, people don't understand that, but it makes a difference. You, you hear them talking in the NFL, the teams that are most successful are the teams that have had the least amount of injuries along the offensive line. When they say, hey, this team has played with this same offensive lineup every year, I'll guarantee you that team's in the playoffs or in the Super Bowl or winning it or something else because it is that important to play with each other along that line to understand what they're going to do. All they do is point. They don't even have to say nothing. They point. They know what's going on. Um, one thing I want, I want, I'm going to challenge all of our players to do this year is uh, when the Texans have their mini training camp, they do it in West Virginia. It's not that far away. And uh, me and Jennifer have went the last two years. Um, we went the first year. We went by ourselves. Last year we went to the Jenkins' girls' house, and, and me and the Noodles went with us. That is, is amazing. You should see, go see how the NFL does stuff, but how they break up in their line groups and see how their line works together. It's, it's truly amazing. And if we could ever just get that same, um, same line up there 
every single game, every single week to really learn, man, it'd be unbelievable. You 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 wouldn't imagine the difference you could see. I mean, yes, because then you can see you'll get more comfortable with the person you're beside and how they play and and they'll get comfortable with how you play and so it's just like you said, just uh getting that chemistry and having uh having something consistent. Uh if you get where you can't get you're gonna always improve when you do stuff repetitively. And if we keep on bringing that line and we keep on the same girls every time and we're all comfortable with who we beside and we know how that person play, I mean, that's something that you just can't stop. Well, it truly is. I'm, I'm telling you that, uh, you know, uh, I, when I look at um, when I look at our line, you know, right now, and, you know, we're sort of still trying to find our – find our groove on the line of where people fit and it's that another list and they move you know, that's something else is is they move those guys around all during training camp and all during the preseason and, and even early in the year to try to find out, hey, we might have this guy playing right guard but he actually plays left guard better and they swap them to guard. Well we might move this guy the guards usually can play center too and that's O L hey, this guy's a better center, this guy's a better guard, maybe the tackles, flip-flop. You know, they try to find out where, where they're the best. And you know what, We, when I look at our, our line right now, we're still trying to find our groove of, you know, where where we where we're at with that, where we fit the best. And I think that we're starting to, to really figure it out of, of who can play where better. And that's People don't understand. That's a lot. I mean, you take uh, a lot of left-handed people can only play a certain position. You know, a lot of people can only put one, only put their right hand in the ground or their left hand in the ground, or they can only play where they can be dominant with their dominant hand or their dominant leg. So they don't. Um, a lot of people that are on the outside. Just looking in, you know, they're saying, "Hey, our team's better than your team." Yeah, they they might be. That they, that's a, you know, it's you, you got that right to say you might be better than us. But here's the thing: <clears throat> there's no, I guarantee, there's no other team in the history. Of, well, I don't say in the history, but since I've been around in five years, that's had to go through more than what we've had to go through to get players, to keep players and to put linemen on the field and, and to be still winning football games and, and competing for championships and hanging in there and, and doing everything we're doing is, is just truly amazing, you know, to me, uh, with what we've had to work with. And, you know, when we don't get the amount um, of girls, you know, I mean, we listen, we've got a couple of girls that, that – you know, just started playing football that never even really watched football, that don't even really know much about football, and, and we're trying to teach them the game, and we haven't had them that long, and, and and it's tough. You know, it's really, really tough. And, you know, just think if we, you know, if we'd had them girls for two or three years where their knowledge would be, maybe it'd be a little bit different. That is that. 
especially uh, like you said over time. And if you even if they would have started in September, where they when we first had our tryouts, where their knowledge will be at. Uh, but that also goes to uh, individuals who want it more, who's going to put in uh, the extra work to get it, uh, who recognizes, I mean, even we all have weaknesses, who recognizes them and try to build on them. Uh, that's something that also, like you said, we're just all getting into our positions and uh, getting a feel because we are building our offensive line. <laughs> Not saying that we don't have a, a strong one, but we are getting into the point of where we are, where's everybody, uh, everybody can play line, but where are you best at on the line? Uh, that's another obstacle, like you said, like I was talking about earlier, why uh, even though we were celebrating Mother's Day, that was a, a hard week for us because we were just now putting people in uh, their positions and, making sure everybody was in sync. Well, uh, we was working on that last practice with Jennifer, making sure everybody was uh, coming off the ball quick together as one uh, so we can be that unit and that dominance. I mean, because like you said, it all starts and it ends on the line. And we have a, we got big shoes to fill and we have to, even though we don't get noticed, uh, like you say it is, but we do, we dictate a lot of the – we dictate majority of the game because we got to be able to get the ball to the quarterback and we got to be able to protect the quarterback so she has time to do whatever she needs to or we need to be open up a hole so we can have space for our running backs and fullbacks to get through. So uh, I wish – like I said, I wish we did have practice because we were just getting the feel of things. Uh, I think that we were, as a team, getting comfortable with – the person that was beside you. I know me and Jennifer uh, had a good practice together, working together and stuff like that. So uh, maybe over time, like you said, if we would have had these girls at the beginning when we all started in September, we would be stronger. But, I mean, we're building as the time go, and we'll be playing this game this weekend, and we have another game coming back home. Maybe we can start uh, building off that and going from there. Yeah, I'm going to tell you something. I've seen this during the Super Bowl, and most people don't want to talk about the Super Bowl because the Patriots won it again and, and all that. But I'm going to tell you something. I I showed Jennifer in the replay, and she hates New England with the passing. But I'm going to tell you something. <clears throat> New England won that game because they dominated the line of scrimmage. If you think about this, the Aaron Donald guy was, I think, defensive player of the year. Had several votes to be MVP of the year. Um, Dominic Sue or whatever his name is, had the best year he's had in years. Their front, the, the Rams' front D-line dominated people all year long until it came to the Super Bowl, and they did not do much of anything. The Patriots' offensive line dominated them. There was two or three different times I seen it my own eyes. I, I watched different parts of the game, different than most people. I seen it my own eyes. This particular guy, double teams, double teams, and at the last minute slides off to catch this backer coming in on a blitz and picks him up. 
And that's what I'm saying. It's the knowledge that we do not have yet of that kind of stuff because what we would do was lock in on that double team and let that blister slide by. This guy was just double, 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 wait, wait, wait until the last minute to, uh, uh, he, you know, till he can get over there and get him. And it was, it was just truly amazing as an offensive line guy, which I played there, you know, to see that and to see them take control. Now, in the game, uh, in the, the last year, Peyton Manning played for Denver, and they beat the Patriots in that game when Denver won the Super Bowl. Their offensive line got dominated by the by the Broncos. I mean, got lit up. Um, this particular game, they figured it out. They, uh, you know, they probably had the same line all year long. They watched tape, and uh, you know, they they dominated dominated the line of scrimmage, and. Usually, I ain't going to say every time, but I'm going to say most of the time, the majority of the time, you win that battle along the offensive or defensive line, you're going to win the game. And that's something that takes a long time. And when you watch when you watch the Prodigy play, uh, and I, I've watched them play a lot of games, uh, when you watch the Prodigy play, that's where they dominate is is up front, and by being able to do that, it allows they have good um, they have good running backs and quarterbacks and receivers as well. That just allows them extra time to shine uh, when you're dominating up front. So it, it's uh, you know it's an honor to to actually see to see that you know somebody recognize this girl. You know, first and foremost, it's hard to. It's you know what it's just unbelievable that somebody would really break film down to recognize uh, what this girl did when there's so much stuff going on. People like Rocky scoring five times out of eight, you know. Rocky, that's some of the things that like you like you said scoring five times out of eight is just like that's that. Just come. I mean, you just can't replace that. Like, like you said earlier, some people play sports their whole life and never ever have reached them accomplishments. And that's why I. That's why I think like women's football is going to continue to grow and it should grow because even on the even in the NFL, can we name a player who has stats like Rocky? Like you said. Carrying the ball eight times, scoring five of it. Carrying uh, June, uh, June, I think you said, carry the ball, score uh, six times, and score three times. While it. the girl from the Gators done the same thing, carry the ball and score three times. I mean, it's people in the NFL now that was carry the ball six, seven times, and even us, and don't even in their whole career, and don't even score five touchdowns in a year. And they carry the ball all year. Uh, so some of the things, like like you said, some of the things that we do, some of the things that we have, I have seen in women's football as on our team and other people playing, the prodigy playing, the way they're not, uh, they have been undefeated and having the consistent team that they've been having. It's just, 
mind blowing that women's football isn't growing bigger and being more noticeable because I mean it's doing things that other sports or other athletes aren't even doing. Yeah, you know, it is. You know what? Here, here's what I attribute a lot of this, a lot of it to. First of all, I don't know if you heard me talking about these announcers, dog, and these other teams. That I attribute to one of. But listen, the Arkansas Wildcats played in a Division Three championship game last year and lost. The year before that, they played in the Division Three championship and won in the WFA. And now they've already quit this year, forfeited the rest of their games. They're done. Here, here's what I'm saying: is you go out here, Anderson, and you tell somebody something negative. They'll tell everybody. But you go out here and tell them something positive, and they tell nobody. Everything that's happening positive doesn't get passed along, or if it does, people say, oh, well, shrug off. But you tell them something negative, and it's like, oh, man, that's negative. Let's put it out there on the news, and let's run with it. it we've, we've got this reversed here, man, in this country. We've got to start turning this into positives, you know, don't even mention the dang thing. I only mention the negatives because they piss me off. You don't know the truth about all this stuff happening. You know, I I don't even want to mention them because it's it's hurting our sport. You know, we're talking about unbelievable performances from girls right here. And listen, that's just what that's just these few weeks, and that's just the, what these teams voted on. These girls on these teams on every team, not just the teams on this list, but every team that has had unbelievable performances. You look at Lydia. Lydia don't have the touchdowns that Rocky has, but she's leading our team in rushing by a long shot. You know, she's not even really – I mean, it's, there's just so much positive goes on with all these teams you never hear about. It. It's the negative crap you hear about. And like I said, I only mention it because it makes me mad. I want to see – you know, these announcers, something done with them, you know what I mean, to to get a good one in there. It's just like you said, you don't even know who our announcer is, but he's good. And I'll promise you, I've known that guy for 40 years, 30 years, whatever. He knows me. He knows that if he goes do something stupid, I'd be on him like you wouldn't believe. He's a great guy. He ain't going to do that anyway. But what I'm saying is we got to make all this positive, positive, and leave out all this negatives. But what happens is when a team folds, first thing you hear is everybody that was on that team's roster is PO'd because they're minus a game. you got to start trying to find them games. You go from not wanting to forfeit any games to now you're having multiple games forfeited because one team folded. Okay? Then you go to another league and you have multiple teams folding from everywhere, you know, and then you got to try to start finding them games and this and that. And we're talking about teams you thought you could depend on, teams that have been in the championship for two years, for two years. Then you have other leagues where they, you know, they say they have elite teams and then they can't even finish games because the players get hurt like it happened in the Detroit game with us. That's the kind of stuff we're hearing. That shouldn't even be mentioned. 
you know, it, but it but it is because everybody wants to take something negative and, and run with it. Man, I can't believe you done had a team fold in your league. I sure didn't want it. I tried like crazy. Me and Jennifer did everything in our power, got on a conference call with them, tried to help them in any way we could, you know. But you know what the problem was? They didn't do their homework a long time ago when they should have been. They want to wait till the problem rises to try to figure out what they should have figured out months ago. And here we are, you know, trying to help them so we can help every other team. And these negatives outweigh the positives because just what I told you, you tell somebody something negative, they tell everybody. You tell them something positive, they tell nobody. That's where we're at in the sport of, of, of women's football right now. And that's sad, too, because, I mean, like you said, I, I didn't know our commentator, but the whole time the game, regardless of what was going on, he never made somebody feel less of a player. And I feel like a lot of people out here in the world, it's like they feel so negative or don't feel so confident, I should say, about their self. It's easier to point somebody else downfall to make their self feel good. And even in, I mean, basketball, like, I mean, football, just like how they just saying, oh, you got a team dropping. Like, it's easier to say that to say, or you, they, or they could have been like, hey, what can we do to help that team for you? Or see if is there anything that we can do to make sure we can keep that team for you. Like, nobody, it's like everybody is so threatened by the next person that they don't want to see the next person succeed. And it's like, why be stingy? When it's when this platform is big enough for everybody, like you said, it's good players everywhere, in 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 women's football, not just in our league and every league. So it's not it's like we need to all. It needs to be all one league. If it eventually gets like that, it, it's going to eventually be just like the NFL. Hopefully, like you have your East and your West. So we don't need that. I mean, I know we want to compete with each other, but at the same time, I don't think the Dallas Cowboys will be excited if the Redskins got put out of the like the NFL. Like you th- like you said, you think about the players, you think about uh, other people that's dedicating time in the organization. So it ain't just oh you couldn't keep that team. Like it's it's other people involved. So other people that tries to boast off that is just it's ridiculous. It's like do you really care about the sport? Because who wants to see their, even though we're, like, competing against each other, but who wants to see somebody fail like that? Well, I'm going to tell you a little story here before we run out of time. Me and Jennifer, I was building this pool house for my brother. And the four teams that broke off from the IWFL went to Las Vegas to have a game called the Best of the West. Um, And it was the... Texas Elite Spartans, Utah Falcons, San Diego Surge, and uh, since Seattle Majestic, I guess it was. And they had they played uh, they played their games, but anyway, they had this conference uh, call or conference meeting, and they put it out there on live feed, and where you could listen. And Jennifer was in the pool over my brothers. I'm working on this pool house, and she's got it on a big speaker. And we listen to it. Listen, listen. We're always trying to get better amongst our ourselves for our league, for our team. 
we always try to listen in. You don't never hear me get on here and bash these other leagues. Uh, but anyway, this guy, this potential sponsor, they didn't mention his name, or maybe they did. I just forgot who he was. I don't know. I don't pay attention to all that. But I paid attention to what the guy said. I don't remember his name, but I remember what he said as plain as day, Henderson. And this is exactly what he said. He told them, point blank, what I see wrong with women's football is we see a few successful teams, and they want to stay successful. They don't give a crap about the others being successful. They don't want to help those other teams become successful like they are so they will remain and have somebody to play. That's what I see wrong with women's football. That was his exact words. And no truer words can be said. You just said it yourself in a, in almost the same manner. Every single team only cares about themselves. They don't care about everybody else. Listen, when when a team don't, my phone hasn't rang, or nobody from a team or league has contacted me at all. But you let one of those teams talk about not showing up, my phone will be ringing off the hook. You know what I'm saying? And it's all about me. You know, it ain't all about, hey, well, you know, what what do you need? What what can I do to help, you know, help you show up? You know what I'm saying? What can I accommodate you with to make sure that you can show up? You know, is it do we need to uh, – you know, to move the game time back maybe an hour. Do we need to move it up an hour? Do you need an extra, you know, you're bringing not as many players. Do you need me to talk to the uh, to the refs and uh, give you an extra timeout or, or whatever? You know, nobody is trying to do that. It's, hey, you got to come here. You're going to come here. We're going to beat the crap out of you, and you're going to like it or not. You know, we don't have these teams reaching out to them, trying to make sure – that we're all going to have somebody to play. That's where we're missing the boat. It goes right back to what you said. This guy was a money guy. I don't remember his name, but I'll never forget his name. Henderson, thanks for calling in tonight. Like I said, it was about out of time. I just wanted to share that message with you there because you were hitting it right on the, the nose when you were talking about it. Um, it is a problem we're going to have to fix. I say it all the time. we got to bond together some way, somehow. I just don't know if we can ever get there because nobody wants to. Everybody thinks that somebody else is going to get something they're not. You know, they think that they're going to, oh, if we help if we help them, then we're not going to, you know, we're not going to be recognized or whatever. You, you're recognized for me by your play on the field and how good you are. And then I judge your organization by the way you do things. That's the way I see it. So, um, hey, we'll, we'll talk some more next Tuesday night. Maybe we'll have some uh, more stats and uh, things and some other players. But uh, I want to thank everybody for listening in. And uh, thank Amy Buto, Jamie McKay, Jessica Henderson for calling in. Thank uh, BJ, C Hawk Sports Network for giving us this opportunity. Um, and again, good luck to everybody playing this weekend going to be hot, be ready, be prepared, and uh, hopefully be some good games. Until next Tuesday.
We'll see you then. Thanks. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.